Hello, and welcome back to Weekly Political Pep Talks. I'm Leo, and I'm here with my co-host, Vishal. Hello, everyone. Today, we start a brand new season of WPPT. We're super excited for what we have in store for you guys this season. That's right. With more exclusive interviews, more in-depth discussions, and potentially live coverage, WPPT is back better than ever. Now, before we begin this episode, we would like to thank all of our listeners who continue to listen to our podcast while we were on season break. So this episode is dedicated to all of you. Next up for the new season, we'll be making some changes to the format of our episodes. After careful consideration and suggestions from you guys, we're getting rid of the headline section and replacing it with a new section called Current Events. In this section, we'll briefly discuss three to five stories that happened this week. So, now that we've gotten all that out of the way, I think we can begin the episode. Alright, Leo, cue the music! The first thing that happened this week was a former employee's congressional testimony shed light on some of the social media giant's most problematic practices. Francis Hogan, a 37-year-old former Facebook product manager who worked on civic integrity issues at the company, faced questions from a commerce subcommittee about what Facebook-owned Instagram knew about its effects on young users, among other issues. On Tuesday night, Facebook CEO Mark Zuckerberg released a statement on his personal Facebook page addressing Monday's service outage in Hogan's testimony. While Zuckerberg said he believed the testimony overall created a false picture of the company, he also echoed the need for Congress to take action. The next current event that we'd like to talk about regards President Biden recognizing Indigenous Peoples Day as a federal holiday. Biden's proclamation of Indigenous Peoples Day as a holiday stirs up some of the decades-old controversy surrounding it and the better-known holiday of Columbus Day. Columbus Day celebrates European conquistador and explorer Christopher Columbus, who is credited as one of the first Europeans to come into contact with the Americas. Columbus himself and his expeditions were actually extremely cruel and violent, and Columbus massacred many of the indigenous people he came into contact with. Indigenous Peoples Day is a holiday that celebrates Native American and indigenous culture. Indigenous Peoples Day, as opposed to celebrating the explorer Christopher Columbus, who murdered thousands of Native people, celebrates indigenous heritage and traditions. Biden declaring Indigenous Peoples Day a federal holiday is significant because it shows one of the first concrete examples of government recognition of the importance of celebrating Indigenous people and their culture. Indigenous Peoples Day this year will be celebrated on Monday, October 11th. In the central part of the United States, millions are under the threat of severe storms. In Oklahoma, many are preparing for the worst, as it was recently forecasted that they, along with surrounding states, would experience one of the worst storms in the past decade. According to meteorologists, more than 2 million people will be at risk for a hailstorm, a few strong tornadoes, and damaging winds, and more. This storm is a result of the developing low-pressure system in the front that extends from the Midwest to the plains. Now, the 2 million people are the only ones that are in immediate danger. The storm extends to about 20 million people. This could potentially mean a bunch of people will have no electricity in their homes. This deadly storm is yet another Americans have faced this year. Our hearts go out to all the families in that area. On Friday, New York Mayor Bill de Blasio revealed his plan to get rid of the gifted and talented program in New York City elementary schools. He claimed that the current program was a glaring form of segregation in New York City's school system, and even said that he's been on the edge about the decision since he was first elected back in 2014. 
Now this decision has received mixed emotions, as some parents are upset that their child's quality of education might go down, while others are happy as it gets rid of what they believe is a racist and classist program. De Blasio responded to the backlash by saying more people in elementary schools will be able to receive accelerated learning due to this change. Additionally, this decision is very controversial as it was made near the end of de Blasio's term. Now let's move on to our main topic for today's episode, which will be the two-party system. As always, we'll begin with some definitions. So first, a two-party system, or a duopoly, is defined as a political party system in which two major political parties consistently dominate the political landscape. We'll also define the Democratic Party as a U.S. political party that tends to lean more liberal or progressive on social and economic issues. Conversely, we'll define the Republican Party as a U.S. political party that tends to lean more conservative on political issues. Now, let's get into some background. So, the United States was framed as a constitutional republic in which the government would be based off the Constitution and the government would serve the people or the citizens. Although this may be common knowledge to many, the fact is that political parties are not in the Constitution. In fact, founding fathers like John Adams feared the damage that having political parties would do to our government. Adams famously said, quote, A division of the republic into two great parties is to be dreaded as the greatest political evil. So within the United States, the two-party consists of Democrats and Republicans. The Democratic Party was founded in 1828 by supporters of President Andrew Jackson and originated as a pro-slavery white supremacist institution. The Republican Party was founded in 1854 by former members of the Whig Party who wanted to oppose the spread of slavery. In the early and mid-1900s, however, something often referred to as the Great Switch occurred, with presidents like FDR, Democrats became the party of expanded government with programs in pro-labor unions. With presidents like LBJ, Democrats also became the party of expanded civil rights and voting rights for Black people. On the other hand, Republicans became the party of big businesses and money and more of an unrestricted market party. This leads us to today, where we have the Republicans and the Democrats forming the polarized two-party system that we see today. Now let's get into a little bit about the third parties. Many people say, including some of our listeners, that the U.S. does not have a two-party system because third parties like the Libertarian Party and Green Parties exist within our government. However, the point is that in a duopoly, only two parties have true political power and that no other parties have any real chance of winning an election. Just think about it. There have only been Republican and Democratic presidents in the last century and currently, Congress is entirely Republicans and Democrats, except for two independents, of course. The existence of third parties makes people think that it is possible for them to win, but the reality is that Republicans and Democrats hold all the political power in this country. A big reason to why they hold all this power is another major issue, corporate donors. Corporations have played a large and most of the time a detrimental role in our elections. Back during the first Gilded Age in the late 1800s, corporations started donating massive amounts of money to political campaigns, and in return, those politicians would write laws that favored them. Unfortunately, this practice has only gotten worse over with 2010 landmark Supreme Court case, Citizens United v. Federal Election Commission, better known as Just Citizens United. Corporations and organizations now treated the same as individuals when it comes to donating to campaigns and removed reasonable campaign contribution limits. Currently, both Democrats and Republicans are guilty of accepting massive amounts of money from corporations. 
For example, the Walt Disney Company donated a whopping $10,589,052 to Donald Trump's 2020 political campaign. Additionally, Goldman Sachs, an investment banking company, donated $994,794 to Barack Obama's 2008 campaign. Obama had also received $833,617 from the Microsoft Corporation, $804,000 from Google. The purpose of these corporate donations and the reason why many corporations donate to politicians from both parties is that so no matter who is in office, these companies will always benefit. A good example of this is when it comes to military companies. Military equipment making companies like Boeing and Lockheed Martin will promise to provide jobs to people in certain states if those congresspeople will give military contracts to the companies. This topic is often one that many Democrats and Republicans often agree on. In fact, Democrats and Republicans may seem to be against each other on almost every issue, but the reality is that they do agree on a lot of issues. For one, both parties tend to support high military spending. Another is that there always tends to be a lot of talk about fighting climate change and switching to green energy, but little to no action is ever taken within the country. This is because of fossil fuel businesses paying off politicians to write laws that favor them, and this typically happens more with Republicans. Overall, the extensive media coverage of arguments and mishaps between the two parties makes it seem like they're constantly at war and fighting each other, when in reality, they do cooperate behind the scenes more than they appear to do. One of the benefits of this is that painting the other party as a mortal enemy helps rally support for each party's base. Now, before we get into opinions, let's take a quick look at why we have the two-party system. So one of the reasons is, as we just discussed, because of corporate money and donations. Put simply, the politicians that don't accept corporate money don't have the money to spend on advertisements and getting the word out, and therefore they don't have the popularity to win races and get in office. Third parties tend to not take corporate money in order to set themselves apart from Democrats and Republicans, but this ultimately results harming them as they don't have enough money to get the word out. Another reason is our electoral system. So the United States uses something called first-past-the-post voting or plurality voting. This means that whoever has the most votes wins. And this may sound fair. The truth is, it isn't exactly what it seems. In a race between eight candidates, say, one candidate could have 30% of the votes, while everyone else has only 10%. In this case, even though the first candidate has the most votes, 70% of voters voted for somebody else. Over time, this kind of voting system leads to voters only choosing the party they think has a chance of winning, narrowing down the choice between two parties. We'll link a video that explains this more in the episode description. Now, there are some alternatives to the two-party system, so let's discuss that as we get into our opinion section. So, I'll go first. I am not in favor of America's current two-party system. It influences certain people's opinions by giving off this message of voting within party lines. And there are countless examples of this phenomenon happening. If you look at the vote tallies for any legislation passed in Congress, you see that one party is saying yay and the other is saying nay. I think the system hinders what government should be all about diversity and different perspectives. The two-party system lumps people into two distinct categories, which in our country are Democrats and Republicans, even though these people could have complete different ideologies. If you look at Bernie Sanders, a social Democrat, he is often lumped with the Democratic Party despite his unique political views. Additionally, I think the two-party system extremely shifts the image and idea of what a party truly stands for. 
One recent example is the presidency of Donald Trump. Back in 2016, Trump ran as a Republican and eventually became the head of the party. I believe Trump's policies do not at all reflect what the GOP stands for, but because of the two-party system and this idea of voting within party lines, the Republicans' priorities have shifted to his agenda. This is a very damaging thing in our country that should not be able to happen at all. There have been many instances where Trump has been criticized by members of Congress, but because of the two-party system, people still vote in favor for his agenda. So for a system that influences society, which includes citizens and politicians, I think it would be in our country's best interest to get rid of the damning two-party system. That was very well said, Vishal. So now I'll get into my opinion here. So I also do not support the two-party system our country has right now, and I think that it should change. At its core, I think that the two-party system doesn't allow for everyone to express their political beliefs, and I think that it limits the mainstream ideas that people hear about. Going back to our founding fathers, they believed that no political party should exist. Now, I don't necessarily agree with that view, nor do I think that it's feasible in this day and age. Instead, I think that we should expand the two-party system into a multi-party system, with possibly dozens of parties holding seats in Congress at once. The way I think this should be done is by instituting a ranked-choice voting system for Congress and the presidency. Ranked-choice voting involves an electoral system in which voters rank candidates by preference on their ballots. Whoever is in last place has their votes cast for everyone's second choice, and so on until a candidate has more than 50% of the vote. This would also allow for people to not be so focused on voting for the lesser of two evils, and instead, they would be able to vote for who they truly want to win. They wouldn't have to worry about throwing away their vote, because if their first choice doesn't win, their vote will go to their second choice. Also, I think that campaign finance should be reformed, so that corporations and companies aren't able to donate money to political campaigns. I think that corporate money and interference in politics leads to politicians being tied to money, and I think that that destroys the purpose of a government. A government should serve the people, not their own self-interest. So all in all, I think that both of these main changes would allow for a better and more inclusive society. All right, very well said, Leo. Okay, Vishal, it looks like now it's time to move on to the famous final segment of this episode. Yes, let's get into season two's first quote of the week. So this week's quote was said by a former presidential hopeful who recently left the Democratic Party. Here it is. Quote, because there's no strong third party candidate, people are forced to choose between the lesser of two evils, unquote. All right, hopefully those hints give you an idea for who it is. And if you have a guess for who said it, DM us on Instagram at Weekly Political Pep Talks. Leo, it looks like that's it for now. For the first time in season two, sign us off. Happy listening and stay political. For more exclusive content, visit weeklypoliticalpeptalks.com. Keep on